Howdy, and welcome to the Art of Community podcast. I'm Ben Cotton, and this is my wife, Heather. Hello. Thanks for joining us as we explore the joys and pains of meaningful life together. This is episode 14. Thanks for joining us. So today we're going to talk about how to respond as a community to other people's trauma and hardship. We've been talking about church hurt in recent episodes, and that's certainly a part of the discussion today, but... There are lots of sources of pain in people's lives other than just kind of what we've been talking about with church hurt. There's, you know, death of a loved one, mental illness, divorce, sexual abuse, gossip, estranged children, on and on and on we could go. So what are the best ways for a group of friends to help a member of that group that's going through something like that? What are the worst things we can do that should be avoided? And how can meaningful relationships help instead of hurt in these situations? So that's what we're going to explore today. I think it'll be really helpful. Welcome to episode 14. So we're going to think about two scenarios and go through um, several kind of what to do, what not to do, what to do instead kind of things. Um, and a couple of scenarios we're looking at is someone in your community experiences a tragedy or loss. Um, where you're already a part of their life and they experience that and how can we respond? And then also someone enters into your community carrying the after effects of a trauma and opens up to you about it. One thing to note here is that, especially sometimes when people are coming into a community, they're more guarded with stuff that's happened. Some people are fully open about all that has happened <laughs> in their lives. And then other people are a little bit more guarded, but you might see it play out and how they react to you and things that you maybe bump up against that you wouldn't expect a certain reaction mm -hmm. or that you wouldn't expect to kind of bump into relational um, hurdles. And you you start recognizing, oh, this is probably tied to some sort of hurt or trauma. And so it might even be that you're recognizing it before they say it. And so um, kind of just being aware that that can happen, um, that you can bump up in into those things. And then... So just if somebody's entering into your space, you don't have as much of a relationship with them. There's still ways to help them. And so how a lot of this is going to apply to both. But those are kind of the scenarios that we're looking at um, today. Yeah, we all know what that's like. You know, you, you're looking for like out of proportion emotional responses, like where the emotion is like way out of proportion of what actually happened or what was said. And you start to think, well, What's going on with that? And usually there's a there's there's a reason kind of in their past that those things are coming up. They might not be aware of it, but it's it, you can be, and that can help you guide you in how you relate to that person. Yeah. Obviously, we cannot cover every kind of trauma, every kind of response, everything to say or not to say during this episode. But we wanted to talk through kind of the some most common things, mistakes that people make, um, but also um, kind of probably the most helpful notes that we have. We did ask some of our friends just mm -hmm. that have been through things or friends that have walked through trauma with people 
their their thoughts on this. You know, we obviously had ours because we've we've walked through trauma with people before, but um, we did ask several of our friends that as well, and it was just really cool to see. First of all, like how they had been ministered to in times of trauma, but then also just the things that that meant a lot to them, ministering to other people during that during mm-hmm. trauma themselves. So, so we have a list of basically you made a little little table. You can't see it because this was this very is, organized for Benjamin to do. What can I say? I mean, this is this was out of character. <laughs> I was pretty. I had, I had a weird moment for my hyper focus ADD brain, <laughs> and I actually made a table. I'll put this <laughs> in the show notes too, so you can see a list. But basically, we have what to do, and then, or excuse me, what not to do, and then kind of the opposite, what to do instead. And I think that's a really natural way to talk about this kind of thing. That'll help you kind of. Not just remember, oh, they said don't ever say that, but it's more like the the thinking and the heart behind it becomes more obvious when I think do that. So that's kind of how we're going to go through it. Yeah, and these aren't in any specific order. We were kind of writing things down. Mm-hmm. We'll just kind of go through them and, t- and talk about them as we're going. So one of the things is that it's important not to make it about you, not to when somebody says their trauma, if it somehow involves you or doesn't involve you, or maybe it triggers something in you from your past, um, not to make all of a sudden make it about you, um, but instead make it about them and what God is doing or God, uh, the way that God is going to bring healing into their lives. If it stirs up something in you, then get help yourself. But (laughs) there should be a place where you don't make it about you because that diminishes the openness that they're bringing into the conversation. It seems so obvious when you say it that way, but I, I, I have witnessed on so many occasions someone going through a difficult thing or, or they share something that they have struggled with before, and you can tell like, like this is a moment for them that was very difficult. And someone in, in the room listening uh, just sort of responds in this weird very self-focused way where it's almost like they take the control of the conversation back to themselves and start talking about themselves or, or one up some with the, yeah. And it's either because they completely missed the moment completely, or more often it maybe it seems like it made them uncomfortable and they didn't know what to do. So they just started talking. Yeah. And and that, that's kind of what we're getting at is is don't be that person. Be a, that's going to be a theme really is be a listener. And if you don't know what to do, just be silent. I would say that um, usually when stuff comes up where people are talking about or are sharing a trauma, it's not usually in a group setting. A lot of times it's going to be something where you're more one-on-one, building Mm -hmm. relationship, building. um, There have been times where I've been in situations where it is in a group setting. Um, And that does become a little bit more awkward because all of a sudden there's a lot of reactions that can happen. But if you're keeping it in mind, whether you're in a group setting or one-on-one, some of these things we're talking about, then it can be helpful. Yeah. So, so another one is uh, thing not to do is do not tell them God won't give you more than you can handle or some other trite, meaningless, untrue platitude. It's uh, th- that one, especially the God won't give you more than you can handle one is it's one of those things where I feel like if people would think about it, they'd realize it can't be true. Um, but it's also doctrinally not true. I mean, if you just look at Second Corinthians, right at the beginning, Paul actually says, God gave us, God, we, we were burdened 
beyond what we could bear so that we would be dependent on God, learn to be dependent on God. So he says, like literally says, God gave us more than we could handle for the purpose of us learning to depend on him and not not on ourselves. And so I have, I am so tired of telling people in the middle of a crisis when they say to me, uh, God won't give me more than I, hand, I can handle, but then they're crying because they can't handle it. And they, now they feel guilty. Not only are they dealing with some crisis or some tragedy, but they're also feeling guilty about being upset about it because someone told them at some point that God wouldn't give them more than they can handle. So when they come to the end of their ability to handle it, they think there's something wrong with themselves. Yeah, and that's that's a big um, thing because people have taken scripture out of context, which is, right. um, so I think that that's one of those things that it's why it's so important to understand and know what scripture really says, right? Um, because scripture does not say that. <laughs> yeah. It's like when somebody dies and and somebody says, "Well, God just needed another angel." It's 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 like what is wrong with people that would say that? Like I know it's like you're trying to make the person feel better. But because you don't have a lot of, I don't know what it is. It's people don't think, and they don't think about in those moments what they're going to say. And maybe someone else told them that. And just don't say things that are empty and trite and overused and not true. Um, it, it's it's better to to say nothing rather than to say something like that. Mm-hmm. And. And it's really important. We're going to get to this another point, but it's really important actually to know what the truth is um, before you get to that situation. And if you feel like you don't know, it's better to be quiet than just to repeat some dumb thing that that you heard on the internet or you read in a meme or someone said to you that wasn't true. Um, yeah, and another one that's pretty common is I, I think that probably I think part of the reason that people say these things and I'm. You can probably think of a list a mile long because I, when I started really get going, I was like, we can't talk about all of these, but I think it's because you, there, there's a good heart behind it. Of I, I want to make them feel right, better, right? Like I want to make this not hurt so bad, so I'm going to say something that seems comforting, but in reality, it's not. So, like mm-hmm. another one is everything's going to be okay. Well, no, it like really might not it's be. Not you know, right like now. it's yeah. not okay right now in this moment. It might be, and we know there's other scriptures that say God will work all things together for good of those who love with for the uh, for those who love Him. We know there's an eternal perspective that is good. So I think people take that and say it's going to be okay, and it's like it's not definitely not in this moment. It hasn't been in their past, and it might take a long time to get there. And especially in something like like losing a child, it's never going to be okay. Like that's never it's that's never going to be something where you're finally okay. And so when you say that kind of thing, it like you said before, it's like it can bring a shame bec- because there's not a place where you get to that place, but then also um it can it can just make you feel like, well, I need to not share because mm, right. they're clearly feeling like they need to say something. Yeah, so the the that goes along with the next thing, which is um don't lie to make people feel better. Yeah. Which is a, a similar kind of impulse. Which is you, you, you don't want to. You you yourself are uncomfortable with the truth of the situation, and so you end up lying. And a lot of times, I think this is happens like with kids or teenagers, where 
parents feel like they need to lie about what's going on. And you can always say, I'm not prepared to tell you right now the answer to that question. Or there's other things you don't know and you're not old enough to know, or I'm going to, I'm not in a place where I can talk about it. You can say a lot of things other than lying to people about a situation. It's always, always important to tell the truth. Yeah, definitely. Even if the truth is, I can't talk about it right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> one thing that is another kind of falls in line with this is that it's easy to immediately launch into giving advice. Mm-hmm. Um, advice in and of itself isn't a terrible thing. Um, especially God can give us wisdom. Um, but a lot of times, especially when somebody is first sharing, when when somebody is first kind of opening up and sharing something that they've been through that's been really hard, starting with, well, what you should do is, or, or that kind of thing is really hard. Now, a lot of times it's helpful to say, I've experienced something similar. This is what happened with me that's a little bit different that's not necessarily that's advice. sympathetic right yeah. that's but um advice is rarely what people need in the moment unless they're asking for it so if they're asking and saying what do you think i should do that's opening a door up to say i need help i need mm-hmm. but a lot of times people just want for you to listen um and a lot of times when we give advice it actually falls flat because it's something that might be too generic or um too like you have you you're not taking everything into consideration or that kind of thing and so uh it's going to be limited in its effectiveness um people usually if they've if they have sinned themselves <laughs> it's a heart problem even if they've been sinned against a lot of times it's a, a disbelief be- like not believing that god is good or not believing that healing can come or not believing that um that the pain will ever be removed. Um, and so it's advice isn't going to help that. Pointing them to Jesus, them having an understanding of Jesus and who he is and what he has done and can do in their lives is going to be always better. Yeah, I think we have this fantasy that we kind of live with. It's been given to us by like pop culture, movies. That It's this fantasy of someone having this hard, thing this hard life or hard question and they ask like the the elder statesman they ask the the mature grandfather or father or whatever or friend and this friend has like this amazing says this amazingly wise thing that unlocks this person's question and suddenly they have closure like this is the stuff movies are made of and we and, it, and we imagine we want to be that person we want to be that person where somebody asks this hard question, like, why did this happen to me or whatever? And we come back with this amazing advice and problem solved. And it's life does not ever work that way. That's just not how it works. And we have to, the advice becomes very self-centered, I think, and kind of doesn't involve a lot of listening. And so I think resisting the urge to just give advice and recognizing that's not what the situation needs. That's not what people really need. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I definitely think advice is not always wrong. I know no, I have been given advice and I have given advice where later somebody says that that was exactly what I needed in the moment. So be prayerful about it. Don't mm-hmm. make it a rule, but keep in the back of your mind. If your natural inclination is to launch into giving advice, mm-hmm. you probably need to back off and, and, and think and really pray and be careful to gracefully say things. So don't make a rule of I can never give advice, but just be aware 
that that's not always what's needed. And a lot of times it is going to fall flat. And if you're going to give advice, there really should, there should always be a place of pointing to Jesus because mm-hmm. he's the one that's going to be able to, to bring healing to those places. Yeah. yeah, which leads to the next one, which is talk more than you listen. Don't do that. Don't talk more than you listen. Right, yeah. It, which is, is kind of what we're getting at with the advice thing. It's like, if you're going to give advice, one, don't expect too much of your advice, but also it should come after a lot of listening. And yeah. by listening, we don't mean like just sitting there and hearing sounds in your ears. It Actively listen, meaning you're asking questions. You're asking lots of questions. You're being an active listener. You're kind of repeating back, okay, wow, that must have been hard. Uh, it must have felt like this. And then you're looking for a response from them, like, am I summarizing what you're saying accurately, or am I completely misunderstanding? And well, and they'll think, let you know, even just with a look on their face, like, well, it's not really how it was. Yeah, I think you have to be careful, too, in that that moment. It's almost better to instead relay the information itself so you can right. get an idea because a lot of times if you can get people talking, you understand more of where they're coming from. Yep. Where if you're like, you must have felt like X, Y, Z, either they weren't feeling like that and now they feel like they should, or it's, or um, it's a opportunity to make them feel misunderstood. And so it's right. not like it's awful to do that, but if you're able to say, well, what were you feeling? Like what, like instead of saying you must have felt right. like, instead of saying, well, what were you feeling in that moment or how are you feeling about that now? Right. Then that's going to be, um, I think that's going to be more beneficial. You're going to get more information from that. Maybe even think through questions that you wish people had asked you when you were going through a hard time or think through things that um, just questions that you can just ask in the moment to get stuff out of people, because then that's, that's the kind of thing where you're, it'll really open up their hearts to you to say, Oh, okay, here's some things that where I can be helpful. Yeah. I think the, this kind of listening and by asking questions is like I, if I were to rank all the things you could do that are the most comforting and most actually helpful to somebody who's currently going through a tough thing or is processing something that happened before is this thing is asking questions, showing interest in them, showing interest in their pain and, and really genuinely seeking to understand it, what it's like to be them. And then what happens is then you're, if there is advice to give, it's actually really accurate to them and you're not completely oversimplified. Yeah. And don't be afraid. I think that the other part of that is like, don't be afraid to show, to have the emotion of the person that is telling you their story. I mean, the Bible says to weep with those who weep, mourn with those who mourn, rejoice with those who rejoice. And so if somebody's sitting there and, and just crying and pouring their heart out, it is not a bad a reaction Mm-mm. to be crying with them. Like, right. that's okay. That's not, we don't have to have this perfectly measured response. Sometimes people need to feel, they need to see that their pain is a real thing. They mm-hmm. need to see that it's a, a reaction to something. And don't feel like you just have to be in this, in this position of a rescuer or a problem solver or a savior like they're like you mm-hmm. have to be the answer for you're not you're not gonna be the answer it doesn't matter no. how smart you are you're you're 100 not the answer god is mm-hmm. and so don't sometimes just being there for them in the, like the deepest hardest part is way more impactful than having all the right answers or thinking of the right things to say in the moment 
it's weeping and it's yeah. it's you know rejoicing when they've overcome hurdles or when there's victories that they have just like sin patterns that they're they've been in and then there's victories that they're not there anymore or um weeping over pain that they've experienced you know those are okay things those are okay reactions as long as you're not making it about you which mm-hmm. was, was something we already talked about right. if you're making it about you then that defeats the purpose mm-hmm. but it's okay to have responses and reactions to your friends that right. the stuff they're going through when you respond with genuine kind of like emotion to someone else that's a powerful comfort because it shows that you're getting it and obviously there's like you can't like break down and fall apart but but because then it becomes about you but but showing some real emotion real empathy real understanding is super important and part of that is understanding your role yeah your role is not to rescue them from it or to be the problem solver, your role is to climb up on the ash heap next to them mm-hmm. and and walk with them. Yeah. And and to be your presence. Um, I often say that like the the way that God lets people know he's present most of the time is through other people. Yeah. The way we know Jesus is with me is most often the way that gets that work gets done by God is by sending other people. And that's your job is to just say, I'm here, but it's not just me. The Holy Spirit's in me. Christ is in me. And so we're both here with you. And I am the presence of Christ with you. And so that doesn't involve you giving a bunch of advice about what they should or shouldn't do. It involves you being with them and trying to understand their um, their pain. Yeah, absolutely. sometimes it gets really messy and like you can't be scared away easily or run away when it feels like they're not even responding the way that you think that they should, Mm -hmm. or they're not having, they're not responding as often as you think they should, or there's a place where um, they're, they've just said something that's way too hard, or maybe they said something painful to you, like in reaction to, and uh, a a trauma that they've, maybe they, they just are lashing out. Mm Mm-hmm you've become a safe place and it's an easy thing that has happened to me before. Like, okay, I have to recognize this for what it is and right. not, not because if I get offended about it, then I'm going to be running away from relationship and that's going to immediately damage the stuff that's happened in our relationship to make it um, where it's going to, first of all, bring further hurt, but also nothing is going to have happened. That's good. Right. So you have to show up consistently even if you don't know how, you don't know the right words to say, mm-hmm. um, ask lots of questions. You can ask how their day is, ask how you can pray for them, ask what they're learning about God or what God is teaching them during the season. Uh, affirm with the person that you're speaking with that you're there no matter what. You're not going to say something to scare me away. I've actually had to say that. I can tell right now you're trying to like be a jerk, so I'll stop talking to you. I'm not going mm-hmm. anywhere. You can say all the mean things you want to say, but I'm still here. Like, I'm just not going to back down because I recognize that you're speaking out of pain. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I'm here and I'll be here and I'm going to keep calling you. I probably won't call you today because you just hurt my feelings, but I'll call you tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and so you just, those are the things like you have to determine in your heart. 
getting helping them through these places of pain is worth it. And it's worth it to not be talking about mm. myself. It's worth it to um to really see victory in their lives because that's part of what we're supposed to to mm-hmm. be about for each other. We harp on this a lot, but it, it, it there's so, it's so important to think long term that it's the small things over a long period of time yeah. that make your community relationships, your friendships um, rich and deep and lifelong. And the same is true with how you help people through difficult times is to rec- it's not about one moment. Like I said, that fantasy of I'm going to solve all this for you in a 10 minute conversation mm-hmm. and then the music's going to play and I'm going to walk out of the room right. and the movie's over. It's, it's a, it's a long run thing and you're thinking long term. You're not thinking um, short term. You're thinking, what can I do? How can I be, I, be present for this person over years? And you're not thinking in terms of days or hours or even weeks. You're thinking long term. It's just the old thing of like, we, someone dies, there's a funeral, there's a lot of food, a lot of people come around. And then by the end of the week, they've all gone back home. Mm-hmm. And the person who was married to that person or whatever is left with nothing. And the big question is, who's going to be there in the, that moment? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, that's us. Yeah, that should be us. Yeah, and a lot of times too, that's going to require. I mean, it depends on the kind of trauma, the kind of things people are facing. But like, it might mean that I te- that I text somebody and they completely ghost me. Like, I don't hear about, I don't hear back from them, or I, I reach out to somebody and say let's get together, and they just keep saying no or just not responding at all, and still showing up even if that happens. Because it's easy to kind of get our feelings hurt and be like, fine, this is a waste of my time. I'm just not going to waste my time anymore. Clearly, they don't want it. I'm just, I'm just going to take my ball and go home. It's very tempting to do that, but it's really important not to. Yeah, which, you, you know, basically what you're saying is don't make your presence in this, person condi- with, in this person's life conditional on their response. Yeah. And yep. don't assume they're going to ask for help Yep. when they need it. That, Depending on their upbringing and you know how much how much pride they have to contend with you know and what their um their personality is, they may not ask for help, but they may need it yeah. and being able to put yourself in their shoes and ask what if this was me what what things in my life you know would make this harder um is like cooking a meal or uh maybe you know have maybe they've got kids and you're like, oh, that would make this harder to deal with and and when you kind of put yourself in that position, you start to go, oh, there's some practical things I could do. Yep. I could cook them a meal. I could give, I could pick their kids up from school for them. I can do all these different things, or we as a community can do them together. Mm-hmm. That doesn't solve it, but it alleviates some of the everyday pressure for people yeah. and, you know, babysitting. Uh, there's just a, a million things depending on the situation, but it begins with being able to kind of put yourself in their shoes. Yeah, we have a couple of friends that are like so good at this, where they just are like, yeah. like I'm always like, how do you even think about that? Because they will go and get like the perfect groceries. Like they're gonna and they're gonna show up. And I mean, I have one friend who's showed up at another friend's house who was having a hard time and was cleaning up after sick kids and clean fully cleaning the house and bringing in groceries. And I'm like, gosh, that's just that shows a, a care 
that is not good, that is cannot be overlooked. It's just mm-hmm. it means so much. And I mean, that's true no matter what. Like if you're going just through like a hard time. I mean, my my sister-in-law, she this was not traumatic at all, but when I was in school and finishing my degree, I just was like I was working, I was in school, I had three kids. We were doing the pastor thing and I was just like I think I was just falling apart at the seams and she was like I'm going to do all of your meal planning and um, buy your groceries every week. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. And I was just, what? And it was just one of those things that was so, so meaningful to me because mm-hmm. I was, I wouldn't have even thought that this was important. I didn't even have to. It was something she completely took out of my mental space. And so that wasn't a trauma thing, but it was something that I've thought about it over the years, just how much it meant. Because I didn't, it was one thing I just completely mm-hmm. didn't have to think about. And it showed that she had understood you. Yep. And knew where the actual pain, pain points, points were. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she knew, understood you well enough to know what was going to be a blessing, which is part of what blessed you. It's not, yeah. it was practically obviously meaningful, but it was also what it meant yep. about her relationship with you. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And help, you know, helping with date nights. If it's a marriage problem, you know, just be like, you know what? I'll watch your kids every week so you can go on a date. Or mm-hmm. um, if it's something where they need counseling, they can't afford it, help them find cheap counseling or, or not cheap. You don't want cheap counseling, but um, help them pay for it or help them find a good counselor, watch their kids while they go to counseling. You know, those mm-hmm. kind of things. Grocery shopping is great. Making meals is great. Just taking the kids for a little while. Paying for a house cleaner. Yeah. I've had that happen too. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's just nice that there's. A, or do, someone to cut the grass. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> those felt <laughs> needs are important. Yeah. I don't know what a guy would be. That's one. So another another one we've talked about that that, that I think is huge is um, don't relate to the person based only on their trauma or yeah. pain. Yep. E- even if they're in the middle of it. Now, obviously, if it's fresh, like you know, someone gets a a, a horrible diagnosis, um, you need to sympathize with them and all that in the moment. But long term chronic illness or mm-hmm. The, the the kind of things that are ongoing, it can become all-consuming to that person and actually becomes a part of their identity and how everyone relates to them. So then it's like every, every time they're, you see them, everybody's asking them, well, how's that problem going? And that's the topic of conversation. And it's it becomes an all-consuming thing and it gets attached to their identity as a person. And that is that is a very depressing place to be in. Yeah, and if it's born out of a place, uh, like of a just a failure, like a, a you know a, a failure, a moral failure, or something like that, like just oh, yeah. a, a sin issue, then if if that's the only way you're relating to them, then you're constantly like kind of reheaping shame back mm-hmm. on them, and so it's really important to to help untangle that because the reality is, is first of all, the enemy is going to be saying to them, "This is just who you are," mm-hmm. but also they're going to be saying that to themselves. I, I've screwed up so badly. This is just who I am. This is, and so to say, no, 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 this is not who you are. Let's look at who you really are. Who did God make you to be? Let's unweave this thing, untangle this, all this mess that, sure, yeah, you made some choices that were incorrect or wrong, but it's not who you are. And like, let's look mm-hmm. at it this way. And that that's so important because if I've seen it happen before where people br- keep bringing up the same thing. So diagnosis is great with cancer but sin issue like mm-hmm. well i mean if you hadn't been doing xyz then you know 
but then they say in the, especially in the South, but bless your heart, you know, and it's like, <laughs> um, yeah, that was not helpful. Yep. And so just helping to, to kind of recognize this is who you are. This is who God's called you to be. This is who God made you to be. This is what we're going to believe about you. This stuff was just, mm-hmm. it's not who you are. And we're going to proclaim that over you and keep it separate and just yep. help them to see that. Because a lot of times people that are walking through, especially sin issues, it's like they need to have faith that they can walk out of it. And if what they're doing is constantly being tangled up in, this is just who you are, then they're not going to have faith that they can right. not be that things. Yeah, I think this is something that's, for, for people like that, where you see somebody going through a difficult time, but you don't have a really close relationship with them where you can kind of talk about and help them with like the deeper conversations, which a lot of stuff we've been talking about would applies to that. But if, if you don't have that kind of relationship with them, you're like, well, how can I help them? Well, yeah. there's the practical things we already mentioned, but I think another one is just be, be a person that doesn't talk to them about it. Yeah. <laughs> just, just go and have a, a normal conversation with them. And about, if they bring it up, then you go, you exactly. go with it, but, but you're not going to be one of those people that's always kind of reminding them of, of what's going on that, you can give them a break from that and, and, you know, invite them out to lunch or whatever, and just have a nice, pleasant conversation about life yeah. and the future, like just, you know, hope, yeah. hope <laughs> hopeful things. And, and that can be a ministry in and of itself. If you don't have this close relationship with them where you feel like you can kind of be helpful in these more intimate kind of conversations. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, I would hate to, I hate that I even have to say this, but never gossip like if somebody shares something with you and it's something please that's don't. that's please really don't. hard it that's yours to keep with you until the day you die like you yep. don't go and share that you have to be a, a person that can be trusted um because i can guarantee you if you're somebody that goes around and talks somebody will find out that you have talked mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh that you that person in in the mind of the person who had who knows what happened they will say that that is a person not to trust. And so you've damaged your reputation, you've damaged your relationship, mm-hmm. and you've damaged them. You've brought further, um, just further hurt to them. And that's never worth it. So another one, this is a, might be the last one we haven't talked about, um, is to don't be theologically unprepared. And what I mean by that is you, you need to have a good, solid, kind of theology of suffering that where you understand it biblically, what suffering means, um, what it doesn't mean. And this kind of goes back to the where we, where we started in a lot yeah. of ways with saying dumb things like God won't give you more than you ha- can handle because the truth is God does. Right. And so yeah. if, if you have some, if you've thought about these things already, when you get in this situation, one, you won't say the dumb things, but you also have a sense of what the truth is. Yep. Um, and so and my if you shorthand, don't know, then give them scripture. Like scripture is always good. <laughs> Just, you know, that's the old pastor trick. You go to the hospital and you visit somebody and they got some crazy thing going on and you don't know what to say. You just pull out Psalms and start reading it. That's, that, that's not a trick. It's actually very helpful, but, I would say like my shorthand for this is always God's in control, like three things that you got to establish. One is God is in control. And second, God is good. And third, God loves you, which means none of this that's happening to you is, is a surprise to him. Now, it, we, we don't know why it's happening. 
but we know that there's purpose and meaning in it somewhere because God's in control. And God is good, so somehow this is going to be good for him and good for you. Again, we don't know how, but he's going to do it, and he loves you specifically. And so if you nail down those three things, that's like my shorthand um, for, for kind of where my brain needs to be in these kind of situations. Somebody looks at me and asks me a question like, what's going on? What is, what, where is God in all this? You can go there. One thing I know I had written down, but I don't know where I put it, but is remembering who the enemy is. So like that is a really good theological point. The enemy is not right. the person who's walking through something hard or the person who even did that thing. I mean, they are somebody that God's going to have to deal with, but that's not where you address your, your you know, angst towards. It's towards the enemy who is a devourer and is coming right. against us. And so recognizing that that is who the enemy is, all of those are theological, wrapped up in your theology. And if what you believe about God is he lets bad things happen, or what you believe about God is he's not loving or he's mm-hmm. not good, then when you're talking to somebody, that's going to come out. And so you have to have a place where it's not let's just pray, it's let's pray about these things. And right. let me point you in scripture to where this is. This is. And Give them testimonies about things God's done in your life or yeah. in the lives of people around you. You don't have to use names, but man, I know somebody and they just walked through this and this is the this is what happened and isn't God good? And giving them those just places over and over again of hope and goodness and it is gonna be encouraging. It's not gonna be something where they might feel a little bit like, well, why can't that happen to me? Mm-hmm. But hopefully what it'll do is stir up hope in them. Right. I think a lot of people get get scared to pray. For people, especially if you say, "Can we? Can I pray for you right now?" Right. Which a lot of times you, it, in a lot of kind of situations, that may not be the right thing to to say or do, depending on kind of where you are and what the situation is. But, but quite often it is, and people get scared to do it. I think because they're thinking, "What am I going to pray?" Yeah. What What am I going to say? And it's because you're thinking about prayer as a kind of form of advice. Like I, I have to know the answer and then pray for them so that they'll know the answer. <laughs> yeah, and that is not prayer. That's that's some kind of weird version of prayer that we've come up with. It, it's it's but it imagine instead you you've talked to this person and you've asked questions and you understand their pain and you you're going I, I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, what would happen if you prayed from that position next to them on the ash heap instead of their advisor, instead of the answer man. Instead, you're a friend on the ash heap next to them, and you pray the thing that you're afraid of. And so yeah. you, you, you say, God, we don't know what's going on. We don't understand what you're doing. We don't understand the way out. We don't know how to fix this, but you do. And so you're, that's very different from, God, make them feel blah, 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 or whatever, whatever you imagine you should be doing. Um, so I think you have to be careful of that trap in the way that you pray. Mm-hmm where you pray alongside them instead of at them. Right. And yeah. if you can get there, it takes so much pressure off you because you're not trying to fix anything. Yeah. You're bringing your weakness to God with them. And I'm telling you, that's incredibly powerful for people. Yeah. Because you're also teaching them how to come to God yeah. when you do that. Yep. All right. So I guess we need to close this down. Yeah. And obviously we powered through that. There's a lot more to it. We moved so- fast. Um, if you have questions or if you want to talk to us about, you know, ways that 
you're, you can, you've either faced trauma or you um, are walking with somebody through it and you, they need help, then reach out to us. We actually started a Facebook page so that it's not just our mm. personal pages. Um, so you can reach out that way and we'll both see it. Um, or, of course, you can message us privately. Um, but yep. we're the only ones who see it. So, yep. So I want to leave you with this just a question, um, which is <clears throat> Are you the kind of person that people can come to and trust and open up to? Do you act in a way that makes all of your relationships about you? Or do you act in a way that makes your relationships about other people and about? being the light of Jesus to people. Um, are you the kind of person that gossips and talks about other people? Or are you the kind of person that keeps things confidential and is trustworthy? And if you live that way, if you live in a trustworthy way with people, in a humble way, in a giving way all the time, then you will find people are comfortable talking to you. And so that's kind of the question I want to leave you just to think about. Are you living right now and doing life right now in a way that shows that you're the kind of person that can be a help in this kind of situation. Mm -hmm. Hope you're doing great and we will see you guys next time.